Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And today we are covering the Warlock Undead Pact and the College of Spirits Bard. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. Um, how you doing? I am better than this first thing we're going to talk about, which is an undead warlock. Indeed. Well, I mean, I think the undead warlock themselves, as long as they're in good standing with their patron, is in pretty good shape. Okay. I mean, they. I would hope they're happy with the decision they made, because that was a big one. <clears throat> I mean, what I'm trying to say is, no matter how good they are, I'm feeling even better, because I'm here <laughs> doing the dungeon cast. There's Indeed. no better feeling. This is true. This is true. So today <laughs> we are covering two subclasses, and for once, they're not part of the same class because we're sticking to the spooky theme it's october it's week two of october we're getting fluid we're making lots of changes we don't care indeed we do care we're making them because we care indeed and so yeah we got a warlock and a bard one and they're both from van richten's guide and you are reading off the warlock notes because i built the warlock today allow me to guide you van richten lee (laughs) thank you very much go ahead you've made a pact with a deathless being a creature that defies the cycle of life and death, forsaking its mortal shell so it might eternally pursue its unfathomable unfathomable (laughs) ambitions. For such beings, time and morality are fleeting things. The concerns of those for whom grains of salt or grains of sand still rush through life's hourglass. Having once been mortal themselves, these ancient undead know firsthand the paths of ambition and the routes past the doors of death. They eagerly share this profane knowledge along with other secrets 
with those who work their will among the living. Okay, so I mean, undeath is is tied to evil in D&D, and there are very, very few exceptions. So pretty much, if you are an undead pack warlock, you're going to be serving someone evil. Yeah. Just it, saying. It's kind of a, it's so difficult to, like, like, basically we did a framework of this for a character in Super Quest Saga, which has come up at the beginning of the last three episodes now. What? Super Quest Saga. Oh, we, has. We, it's a good show, that's why. Yeah, we built it Carter. Does, it's pertinent to D&D. Yeah, we, we built Carter Huttenberg, and, and he's... Uh, great He's old one warlock. warlock, but we knew from the beginning it was going to be evil. Yes, and, and it worked really well. Worked great. So like, just kind of rolling with it is cool. Like, do something fun. Yeah. Um, you still have to be a party member somehow. Just know that there that trucker is evil. Uh, so beings of this type include the demilich Acerarak. Acerak. It's Acerak. It's Acerak. Don't let the people in the comments tell you otherwise. Acerak. It's Acerak. Acerak. Yeah. The vampire tyrant casts the bloody hate the bloody handed. Uh, the Gith Yankee Lich Queen, Vlakith. Or Vlakith? My bad. Will's phone went off. Take a <laughs> shot. Oh, sorry. I forgot to tell everybody about the Dungeon Cast drinking game. Okay. Indeed, there's sips. Uh, Will's phone going off yeah. is a shot. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't take out, a shot on Indeed. You'll die. Shout out to Demogorgon is a is a chug. shot. Is it shot or chug? Is it a full chug? It should probably be a full chug, I think right? it's a full chug, yeah. You have to say it. Yeah. And then do, do the chug. Anyway. Um, the Undead Pharaoh, Ankh. And Tapat. You skipped the, the Draco Lich. Oh, I did. Dragotha. The Draco Lich. Dragotha. Dragotha. I think Dragotha. I think Dragotha. you got it right. Uh, and the elusive Dark Lord, Aslan Rex. That's a cool name. I don't, I don't know, know who that is. I don't know who these guys are, really. I actually, uh, I knew the first three, didn't know the back three. Okay. Well, another, <coughs> another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to get an, an expended spell list, which you get as a warlock all the time. But this, mm-hmm. They're specific to your subclass. So at mm-hmm. first level, the undead lets you choose from an expanded list of spells when you learn a warlock spell. The following spells are added to the warlock spell list for you. Uh, undead. Okay, so let's see. First level, you're going to get Bane and False Life. Second level, you're going to get Blindness, Deafness, and Phantasmal Force. Mm-hmm. Third, you're going to get Phantom Steed. That's the one. Nice. I love that. Speak with Dead. <laughs> That's also cool. And then fourth, you're going to get Death Ward and mm-hmm. Greater Invisibility. Very good spells. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and fifth, you're going to get Anti-Life Shell and Cloud Kill. Love it. Cloud Kill's great. Yeah. Uh, doesn't a vampire get Cloud Kill? Like, as uh, a spell it can do? A, what do you mean? Oh, you mean like the monster yeah, block? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know offhand. Okay, so Form of the Dead, or Form of Dread. Whoops. Uh, at first level, you manifest an aspect of your patron's dreadful power. As a bonus action, you transform for one minute. You gain the following benefits while transformed. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's like a wild shape going on here. Well, uh, yeah. You <laughs> gain temporary hit points equal to 1d10 plus your warlock level. Uh, once during each of your turns, when you hit a creature with an attack, you can force it to make a wisdom saving throw. And if the saving throw fails, the target is frightened of you until the end of your next turn. That's pretty cool. And yeah. you yourself are immune to the frightened condition. Why right. shape changed. Yeah. All right, now, nice. here, here's a question. As a dungeon master, how would you rule this? Uh, it's a, You get temporary hit points equal to 1d10 plus your warlock level. Now, if your player wanted to do the thing that we do with HP, which is like take the average, which in this case would be 6 plus your warlock level, mm-hmm. would you allow them or would you make them roll for it? Um, I would allow them, I think. I think I would allow it because, God, wouldn't it suck if, if you fucking roll a run, one exactly, like, the, yeah, like three right. times in a row that you actually do this, you roll a one. That sucks. Just take the average. Just take like, the average. It's, it's okay. Yeah. It's, this kind of feature is not going to game break, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Like, there are classes that can do this. Yeah. So, uh, 
there's a dude out there that just like takes half damage all the time. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> real hard to kill. You can transform a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus. I love that they're tying everything to proficiency bonus now. Yep. And you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. Uh, so also, the appearance of your form of dread reflects some aspect of your patron. For example, you form... Your form. Uh, your form could be a shroud of shadows forming the crown and robes of your lich patron, or your body might glow with the glyphs from ancient funerary rites and be surrounded by desert winds suggesting you're a mummy patron or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you basically have to figure out who's your who's your boy. Yeah, that's going to flavor you. You're going sure. to like turn into like a... Well, I don't know, because like that would be cool. If, like, let's take the mummy since it's right here. Like, mm-hmm. if kind of like half my face were still there, and the other half were like bandage wrapped a little bit, but yeah. like almost kind of patchwork. Or, or actually, rather than that, it actually becomes like a mummified half. Visage. That's yeah. That's kind of yeah, what I'm going like, for. Like, but all over no, your body. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be wrapped. It can literally be the. I, how do you explain that mummified look? Like, it's like the, a, the sunken, thin, yeah. skin, like paper skin, like the. The holes in the flesh. Yeah, like, yeah, like that. That would be cool. You know, cool. Uh, like Marvel Zombies, Captain America. Sure. Uh, okay, so Grave Touched. At sixth level, your patron's powers have profound uh, have a profound effect on your body and magic. Yeah, you don't need to eat, drink, or breathe. Nice. In addition, once during each of your turns, when you hit a creature with an attack and roll damage against the creature, you can replace the damage type with necrotic damage. While you're using your form of dread, you can roll one additional damage die when determining the necrotic damage the target takes. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. neat. Uh, and then we have the necrotic husk. At 10th level, your connection to the undead and necrotic energy now saturates your body. You have resistance to necrotic damage. If you are transformed using your form of dread, you instead become immune to necrotic damage. Nice. That's cool. In addition, when you are reduced to zero hit points, you can use your reaction to drop one hit point uh, drop to one hit point instead and cause your body to erupt uh, with deathly energy. Scary. Uh, each creature of your choice that is within 30 feet of you takes necrotic damage equal to 2d10 plus your warlock level. I'm nice. picturing a lot of like so, purples and neon greens and the then like sort yeah. of like a dimming effect like, in the area like a when you do it. screaming of spirits. Too. Yeah, yeah, or like yeah. like green tentacles come out sure, from you and like sure. start And raging. your warlock level has to be 10 at this point, so that's at least a 2d10 plus 10. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, you then gain one level of exhaustion. Oh, that sucks. That should look hard. That's yeah. like when Vegeta do his thing against yeah. Majin Buu. It's true. He definitely got exhausted. Absolutely. He got dead. Uh-huh. Uh, once you use this reaction, you can't do so again until you finish one D4 long rest. That's interesting. That's, That's kind of hard to keep track of. That's like how your um, your hit dice regen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But worse. <clears throat> uh, okay. So spirit projection, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 14th level, your spirit can become untethered from your physical form. As an action, you can project your spirit from your body. The body you leave behind is unconscious and in a state of suspended animation. So astral projection. Yeah, like uh, that movie, Insidious. Oh, yeah. Spoilers for Insidious. It's so old. Uh, your spirit resembles your mortal form in almost every way, replicating game statistics, but not your possessions. Any damage or other effects that apply to your spirit or physical body affects the other. Your spirit can remain outside of your body for up to one hour or until your concentration is broken, as if concentrating on a spell. When your projection ends, your spirit returns to your body or your body magically teleports to your spirit space. Your choice. It's like the Matrix. You know, if it happens, you you die in the Matrix. You can literally project your spirit and then it exists. It doesn't exist in the ethereal plane. It just exists. That's just there, baby. And people can see it. 
and you f- can fight it. So it's like you get a, a second life if you if you like are fully protected behind like I don't know a wall or a barrier or something. You can project your spirit out to do your fighting for you, and then if it gets knocked out, gets knocked out, it gets knocked back into you, and you can keep fighting. No, Is I that, thought it was the opposite thing. Right. You you let's see as you probably, your body leave an unconscious state of suspended animation. It replicates your game statistics. Any damage or other effects that apply to your spirit or physical life. Oh, it affects the other. So okay, it's yeah. not useful in that way. It's Never like mind. the Matrix. Like you, if you 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 have yeah, to treat your right. spirit form like your real body. Yeah. Okay. So what what are the benefits? You get to project your fucking spirit, I guess. Well, yeah, um, I, I think there are benefits down here. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> While projecting your spirit, you gain the following benefits: Ao, your spirit and body gain resistance to bludgeoning, piercing. Okay. And there's damage. your usefulness right there. It's, yeah. it's better. It's a better version. It's slightly of you. better. Yeah. Uh, when you cast a spell of the Conjuration or Necromancy school. The spell doesn't require verbal or somatic components or material components that lack a gold cost. Only matters if you keep track of that shit. Which right. I keep track of the verbal and somatic, but not the materials. Personally. Because right. if you want to uh bound and gag somebody, like you Yeah. 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 Uh, you have a flying speed equal to your walking speed and can hover. That's pretty good. You can move through creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. But you take one d10 force damage if you end your turn inside a creature or an object. Pretty that's good. that's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's standard ghost stuff. That's awesome. Uh, while you are using your form of dread, once during each of your turns, when you deal necrotic damage to a creature, you regain hit points equal to half the amount of necrotic damage dealt. Nice. Uh, once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. It's a much tankier build, and you're super mobile. Yeah, like, uh, that's cool for warlocks. This is a great way to be in, in the fray. Yeah, and the resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing is not non-magic specific. It's all bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing, even if it's magical. Even if it's silver. It's pretty goddamn excellent. That's great. So anything you want to add before we talk about my character? I want to talk about your character. All right. So How undead is it? Uh, it's only level 10, so not that undead. I recognize this name. Uh, yeah, yeah, you kind of do, because I took it from another thing I made that you know about. Um, so... <coughs> Super Quest Saga! <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. As Will Cops. My character is not really a... Pl- it's a playable character, technically, but it's definitely fitted as the... As, a, like, a main villain mm. of a campaign. And, like, like kind of like a Boba Fett or a Darth Vader, where it's, like, kind of a main villain, but the real villain's behind that. Yes. So this, and this person... Which I think I'm going with female. Um, I didn't come up with the actual name because the name's not important. It's the title. And she is called the Fang of Ebenscaith. For her patron is a Draco Lich named Ebenscaith. Mm. And essentially what Ebenscaith has done is he has cultivated um, a, a cult of black dragonborn. He's a black dragon uh, Draco Lich. Um, who either he is convinced are his descendants and or maybe they are. That's not really that important. Just, you know, this is DM discretion, but um, he chooses favored amongst them to become his servant. So there is a fang of Ebenscaith, there's a wing of Ebenscaith, there's a claw. I like um, it. There's a bunch of different ones. But the fang of Ebenscaith is essentially uh, the assassin of Ebenscaith. So there was a lot of features that of, of this subclass that really spoke to me uh, as a blade lock. Like, let me see if I can, um, I accidentally made this its own tab or own window, and that's not what I meant to do. But um, the form of dread, like the whole temporary hit points that makes you a little tankier. Yeah. The um, 
frightening is is always good, and that, that does tend to be like a, a, a to me it always reminds me of paladins for some reason. And you're already a dragonborn, which has like a you know a scary maw. Exactly, yeah, and I love the black dragonborn with the horns and the almost skull like face. Yeah, but uh, the let's see, there was I know there was a feature here that had to do with attacks. Where is it? Uh, oh yeah, it, it's the fear one. When it, once during your turns, when you hit a creature with an attack, you can force them to make a wisdom saving throw. So again, technically Eldritch Blast does feature. count. But when I keep seeing, there's so many features here that proc on attack. Yeah. I'm thinking like literal melee attack. That's what I was thinking. The whole and time I too. think that's awesome. Um, you know, you're going to do necrotic damage. You're going to do boost to necrotic damage. Even the whole necrotic husk thing where if you get knocked down to zero, which you might if you're on the front lines, then suddenly you do like a death burst to everything mm, around yeah, you. That's yeah. more useful if you're on the front lines than if you're in the back. This is a um, warlock tank. Kinda, and then even the the spirit projection it becomes tankier. So to me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's this would make a good blade lock. So that's what I did. Um, so let's see here for features and traits. Um, otherworldly patron, the undead, pack magic, expanded spell list, the form of dread. We talked about all that. So for invocations, I chose relentless sex. Which, as a bonus action, you can magically teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied place you can see within 5 feet of the target cursed by your hex spell. Which you're going to use a lot, because you're hexing and slashing. Yes. Um, and they're not getting away, because you teleport after them. Yes. A thirsting blade, you can attack with your back weapon twice. Uh, one with the shadows. When you are in an area of dim light or darkness, you can use your action to become invisible. Great for an assassin. Mm. Uh, Eldritch Smite, once per turn, when you hit a creature with your packed weapon, you can expend a warlock spell slot to deal an extra d8 force damage, plus another d8... Uh, per level per slot so kind of like a, a, a paladin light a, a eldritch smite if you will okay uh, undying servitude you can cast animate dead without using a spell slot once you do so you cast uh it you can't cast it this way again until you finish longer so like i also picture this person summoning undead to fight alongside them cool um pack to the blade let me see here oh i took the feet dragon hide which where you know it's where's dragon hide you have resistance to damage associated with Dragonic Ancestry. That's acid damage. Dragonhide. Uh, your strength con or charisma increased by one. While you aren't wearing armor, which they're not, you can calculate your AC as 13 plus your dex mod. That's better than studded. That's cool. And I, I pumped the dex on this one. Nice, With, with the light weapon. Yes. So it's, it's, you know, not, I wouldn't call it tanky, but it's tankier than most warlocks are going to be. So you're blending a, a mixture of the, um, like, dex and charisma? Dex and charisma, yeah. And then I have Warcaster because, again, we're up in the fray. We need that advantage on con saves because you're going to be casting and slashing. Uh, breath weapon is the acid. I would almost ask my, I would probably ask my DM, if I'm not the DM in this case, to reflavor that into, like, a necrotic damage instead of acid damage. I'd probably uh, but, go for that. Yeah, but I mean, acid damage also works um, for like the general theme here. Um, let me see here for spells. I chose for the feature or for the um, for the cantrips: create bonfire, eldritch blast, green flame blade, and sword burst. Because again, we're we're, we're allowed up to take green it. flame blade now. Yep, you are. Um, animate Tosh's. dead for a spell. Counter spells a good one. Uh, Dance macabre. What? What? I remember. Oh, here. Threads of dark power leap from your fingers to pierce up to five small or medium corpses you can see within range. Each corpse immediately stands up and becomes undead. You decide whether it's a zombie or skeleton. Uh, you can use bonus action to mentally command the creatures uh, you make with the spell, issuing the same command to all of them. So it's like, bam, five minions. Let's go. You are now a one-man army. Shit, that's like, cool. I fucking thought that spell was super dope. 
darkness, false life, hex, negative energy flood, I thought was cool. You send ribbons of negative energy at one creature you can see within range unless the target is undead. Let's make a con save, take 5d12 necrotic damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful one. Hurry, killed by this spell, rises up as a zombie at the start of your next turn. Bam, there's another minion. So this person's all about raising the dead. It's like summoning a horde. Yeah, <clears throat> to exactly. Like fight. We got Phantom Steed, <clears throat> which... Obviously, I don't know if it can have a fly speed, but God, do I want it to be like a <laughs> skeletal wyvern, like a nightmare? You're the fucking ghost rider. Yeah, exactly. I want to be. I want it to be a skeleton wyvern. Uh, maybe it can't fly, but it'll look fucking cool. Um, you gotta earn your nightmare. Yeah, shadow blade. So if my packed weapon ain't getting the job done, I can summon a shadow blade. I actually have an idea here where I try and make the shadow blade the, my main weapon as uh, as long as my spell slots like endure. Um, and then I have uh, a secondary weapon, which I'm going to get to in a little bit. Okay. Um, summon Undead. That's an obvious one. Vibrier Touch. Since I'm in melee, I could touch and rejuvenate myself. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Let's get into the inventory because I gave... Uh, being the Fang of Ebonscape, you were gifted uh, an item called the Fang of Ebonscape as well. Nice. And it's a Dagger of Venom. So it's a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls. This is going to be the offhand weapon. Shadow okay. Blade one hand. Uh, dagger of Venom in the other. And you can use an action to cause thick black poison to coat the blade. The poison remains for one minute or until an attack using the weapon hits a creature. That creature must succeed on a DC 15 constitution save or take 2d10 poison damage and become poison for one minute. So it's just it's just like it is an uh, an item of station, a badge, a badge of station, if you will. But it's also useful in combat and I think it gives good flavor. Um, I think that's it. Um, I'm trained in deception, history, intimidation, survival. Um, I'm essentially a brainwashed cultist, ready to slay in <laughs> yeah. the name of my Draco Lich Master. I was gonna say, like you're pretty much just <coughs> like a pawn. Yeah, pretty much a strong pawn. A very strong. A pie shop. A Boba Fett, if you will. A Boba Fett, if you will, and um, I will. <laughs> all right, I think that's it. We can uh, take, short take a short rest. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Tom Case, and this is Will Stark. Will. Could you imagine if we had our own podcast? Dude, could you imagine? What if Pokemon were real? Like that Gengar, like realistically, more-wise, that Gengar might kill you. you. What if monsters like Godzilla were real? You know where I live? I try and live in space, Tom, because there's nowhere you can live that they won't accidentally smash you. How would you assassinate a monarch? Will will be gliding on his, his hang glider, and then he would murder this monarch. The best in What If Entertainment. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts can be heard. Just search for Dude Could You Imagine. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We've returned. Indeed we have. We're back at it again. Indeed we are. Um, and we're here to talk about another subclass. This one belongs to the Bard. It's the College of Spirits Bard. Spirits. Which you have built this one, so I'm reading the notes this Straight time. Straight boozing. Let's Just kidding, it's ghosts. Go. All right. <laughs> Bards of the College of Spirits seek tales with inherent power, be they legends, histories, or even fictions, and bring their subjects to life. Using occult trappings, these bards conjure spirit, spiritual embodiments of powerful forces to change the world once more. Such spirits are capricious, though. And what a bard summons isn't always entirely under their control. So you summon ghosts. Rut row. <laughs> you summon ghosts to fight for you. Uh-huh. Um, at third level, you get the feature Guiding Whispers. You can reach out to spirits to guide you and others. You learn the Guidance Cantrip, which doesn't count against the number of bard cantrips you know. For you, it has a range of 60 feet when you cast it. That's dope. Is that, that's that's further than normal, I take it? I don't know. It might be, sometimes it says that shit, and it just is the way the spell works. Okay. So let me, let me look up the Guidance Cantrip. I almost want to say, is Guidance, do you have to touch someone with Guidance? I thought so. Because that's pretty dope. 60 feet is great. I'm going to guide you from back here. I'm pretty sure you do have to touch somebody I am, for Guidance. I, I'm going to guide you from it's safety. It's touch. Range is touch. Range Nice. Essentially zero or five Indeed. feet or something like well, that. Well, with this, you get 60 feet. All right. Yes. If you're a bugbear, range of guidance is 10 feet. 10 feet. What? Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the long arms. All right. So at or third level, you also get the feature called spiritual focus. You employ tools that aid you in channeling spirits, be they historical figures or fictional archetypes. You can use the following objects as a spellcasting focus for your bard spells a candle, crystal ball, skull, spirit board, or taroka deck. You're essentially like a channeling medium. Yes. From like the old days. From Lavender Town. I also like how it can be a- actual ghosts or fictional archetypes. So it's like you can be an actual medium or a total like fraudster. Yeah. <laughs> it's like built yeah. in. I think that's hilarious. You could do that. Um, starting at six level, when you cast a bard spell that deals damage or restores hit points through the spiritual focus, roll a d6 and you gain a bonus to one damage or healing roll of the spell equal to the number rolled. Let me read that again because that confused me. So just when you cast a bard spell. So it's every time. It makes you be more damaging and more healy. Yes. That's awesome. Okay. That's good. Yeah. More. Also at third level, we're at our third feature at the single level, man. Tales from Beyond. 
You reach out to spirits who tell their tales through you. That's cool, like six cents. While you are holding your spiritual focus, you can use a bonus action to expend one, one use of your bardic inspiration and roll on the spirit tales table using your bardic inspiration die to determine the tale the spirits direct you to tell. You retain the tale in your mind until you bestow the tale's effect or you finish a short or long rest. You can use an action to choose one creature you see within 30 feet of you. Uh, this could be you uh, to be the target of the tale's effect. Once you do so, you can bestow the tale's effect again. You you can't bestow the tale's effect again until you roll it again. You can retain only one of these tales in mind at a time, and rolling on the spirit table tales table immediately ends the effect of the previous tale. Okay. If the tale requires the same throw to DC equals your spell save DC. Okay. Now we get to the good part. I love how as bards you're like kind of required to like write lore, like random lore about the world in a lot of cases. Yeah, it makes sense because that's kind of your deal as a bard usually. Right. Like you're you're, like you're, you're a lore master. To, you're supposed know. to be like a, goss- a big gossiper. Yeah, indeed. So you get here. Here's your spirit tales table, and basically you roll a d12. There's a lot. <clears throat> so bardic inspiration die. Um. It goes up to 12. Okay, hold up. How the fuck does the Bardic Inspiration die work? Does, does Do your tail you options expand? Because it, it starts as a D6, I thought. Yes, uh, and then it scales as you level does up, Does it right? get all the way to a D12 by the end? I think so. I, I got to look this up. Hold on. Sorry, this is important. It's been a while since we covered yeah. this, like, how the bard works. I've, I've never ran a 5e bard personally. I've just you know ran games with bards. You know what? Neither have I. Like, yeah. Now I'm thinking about it. Uh, let me. I just got to check here because this kind of changes the mechanics of, of the thingamabob. Yep, it becomes a D12 at level 15. So check this out. The way this works is... It, it, it's a table that goes from 1 to 12. But you only, at first, you only roll a D6. You only have access to 1 through 6. Oh. And then when it comes to D8, you okay. get 7 and 8 as an option. I was going to say, this is like so, an overwhelming amount of information for like third level. Right. So it kind of scales with you. I, I haven't read these yet. I'm about to. But I'm imagining that the higher the number, the more potent the effect. Wouldn't that make the most sense? Because those features only unlock when you get to that level. I would, I would think so. So let's get into it. So... Um, Tales told through you. Number one, tale of the clever animal. For the next 10 minutes, whenever a target makes an intelligence, wisdom, or a charisma check, the target can roll an extra die immediately after rolling a d20 add the extra dice number to the check. The extra die is the same type as your bardic inspiration die. Nice. Hmm. So at, it, it covers it as you scale. So when you roll a d12, eventually you're going to be able to use that here instead of the d6, right? Right. Okay. Exactly. Two is tale of the renowned duelist. You make a melee spell attack against the target. On a hit, the target takes force damage equal to two rolls of your Bardic Inspiration die plus your Charisma mod. So, cool. I like a, a, a force attack. Um, tail three. Tale of the Beloved Friends. The target and other creature of its choice it can... The target and another creature of its choice it can see within five feet of it gains temporary hit points equal to a roll of your Bardic Inspiration die plus your Buffs, Charisma mod. health. Now, this is all happening through ghosts, I, I believe, right? Kind of like ghosts like, are showing up and doing this, and then like, they go away, right? They told me the story of their love, and now I'm imbued with like that care, and I can give it out. Oh, okay, right? so it's more like spirits are speaking to you, and then you are translating. Or it's it's more like it could be that I I, but I'm taking it more like the bard thing. Like I am channeling this this story I've heard before, mm-hmm. and into into this. So like yeah, I guess I'm rolling randomly to generate this. So maybe they're talking to me right yeah now. it's the spirits at hand will give you something to work with okay then yeah it would be it would be like that then okay tale of the run oh tale of the blow we did that tale of the runaway the target can immediately use 
its reaction to teleport up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space it can see. When the target teleports, it can choose a number of creatures it can see within 30 feet of it up to your charisma modifier to use the same reaction. So it's like teleport your party. Tale of the Avenger. I mean, teleport one person, right? No, it's teleport one person plus uh, up to your charisma mod worth of people they see. Yeah, minimum of zero. Yeah. Tale of the Avenger, for one minute, any creature that hits the target with a melee attack takes force damage equal to... So that's how you protect someone Mm -hmm. until your bard die. Uh, Tale of the Traveler. This is the final of your original six that you get. The target gains temporary hit points equal to a roll of your bardic inspiration die plus your bard level. While it has these temporary hit points, the target's walking speed is increased by 10 feet and it gains a plus one to AC. That's cool. (coughs) Not bad. All right, here we go. So this is our first, like... You have to unlock this one. Tale yeah. of the Beguiler. Target must succeed a wisdom saving throw or take second damage equal to two rolls of your bardic inspiration die, and the target is incapacitated until the end of the next turn. Yeah, these are getting more potent. Yep. Uh, eight, Tale of the Phantom. The target becomes invisible until the end of its next turn or until it hits a creature with an attack. If it hits a creature with an attack during this invisibility, the creature it hits takes necrotic damage equal to a roll of your bardic inspiration die and is frightened of the target until the end of the creature's next turn. It's also very good. Mm. Uh, now we're getting to the next unlock. We got Tale of the Brute. Each creature of the target's choice it can see within 30 feet of it must make a strength saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes thunder damage equal to three rolls of your bardic inspiration die and is knocked prone. A creature that succeeds on a saving throw takes half as much damage and isn't knocked prone. Um, number 10, Tale of the Dragon. The target spews fire from the mouth in a 30-foot cone. That's dope. Each creature in the area must make <coughs> a deck saving throw. <coughs> Taking fire damage equal to four rolls of your, yeah, it's just getting heavier, of your bar, of your BI die um, on a failed save at half as much damage on a successful one. Okay, final unlock. We have Tale of the of Angel. That's not final, right? There's one more. No, no, the final unlock. So 11 and 12 are your final. Oh, yeah, yeah. you got it. Uh, Tale of the Angel. Target regains hit points equal to two rolls of your bar die plus your charisma mod, and you end one condition from the following list affecting the target. Blinded, deafened, paralyzed, petroid, poison. Yeah, that's cool. pretty good. Um, it's good when it's re- it's good when it's good. Yes. <laughs> uh, final one. Tale of the Mindbender. Yeah. You invoke an incomprehensible fable from the otherworldly being. The target must succeed in intelligence saving throw or take psychic damage equal to three rolls of your bard die and be stunned until the end of its next turn. No one understands my tale. Uh, no. I don't either. See, you basically <laughs> you you read the book Call of Cthulhu and it breaks the brain. Stop telling me. All right. So those are that's your tales told through you. That's your spirit tales table. Welcome to a look into the future, but that was level 3. Uh-huh. Level 3 plus. Spirit session is a feature you get at level 6. Spirits provide you with supernatural insights. You can conduct an hour long ritual channeling spirits. Um, using your spiritual focus, you can conduct the ritual with a number of willing creatures equal to your proficiency bonus, including yourself. At the end of the ritual, you temporarily learn one spell of your choice from any class. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. What, what do the other people have to do with it? <laughs> they, do, do they also get a spell? Spell you choose must be of a level equal to the number of creatures. That, oh, here we go. Spell you choose must be of a level equal to the number of creatures that conduct the ritual or less. Oh, wow. So the more friends you have, the higher it can be. This is weird. The spell must be of a level you can cast. So even if you have nine friends at level one, you're not casting a level nine spell. Right. It must be uh, in the school of divination or necromancy. More stipulations. I don't like that. The chosen spell counts as a bard spell for you, but doesn't count against the number of bard spells you know. Once you perform the ritual, you can't do so again until you start a long rest, and you know the chosen spell until the start of a new long rest. This is a dark twist on the like jack of all trades style that the bard takes. Right. 
Definitely. But like, go get any divination or necromancy spell that you need, pretty much. Yeah. Well, it's like it sucks if you, you if you only got a party it. of two other people, so three. Like, you, you can only ever get a third level spell unless you get like NPCs to join you. Yeah, you got sidekicks. This yeah. is the perfect kind of subclass to have a sidekick. Oh yeah, absolutely. Is you hey, like, you're gonna do my fucking. Yeah, this is Benji. I only keep him around for the spiritual session. You get one silver for a week, my child. <laughs> All right, finally. Mystical connection at level 14. You now have the ability to nudge the spirit of tales from beyond towards certain tales. Whenever you roll on the spirit tales table, you can roll the die twice and choose which one of the two effects to bestow. So if you, you have an advantage on your own table. Mm-hmm. If you roll the same number on... Oh, I love this one. If you roll the same number on both die, you can ignore the number and choose any effect on the table you That's want. dope. Yahtzee. 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 Okay, let's go. Um, Get out of jail. This is an interesting subclass. It has uh, an odd flavor to it. It's definitely not something I would roll, but I, I feel it feels like a very Brian subclass. It feels unbardly almost, but it it's does, so kinda. bardly at the it same does. time. It does. Um, so you want to tell us about your character, Brian? Yes. I made a character called Agatha Stern, who is mm. a Kalish Tar uh, level 10 bard. Nice. Uh, they're 90 years old. They're close to death. They're like... They've lived some life. They've met a lot of spirits. They're like 5'3". Okay. Do they have a cane? They have a cane. Do they have a large purple dress? It's not so large. Okay. It's a little large, I guess. Yes, they have a large purple dress. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so let's see here. We got the... Uh, what should I read first? Uh, I usually start with features, personally. My fucking skills tree is insane. I, I took <laughs> animal handling. Okay. I took arcana. Uh-huh. Um, I get uh, history. Intimid- that makes sense. Intimid- history definitely makes sense. Definitely history. Intimidation mm-hmm. is a plus 10. Um, let's see. And survival, because I'm so old. I just, like, keep on living. You, you made it this far. Yeah, and I'm going to keep on making it, yo. Sounds good. Uh, I took proficiency in, or I get proficiency in dex and charisma saving throws, which is cool. It's like a plus 6 on the charisma. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the, a little bit about the character is... Um, Grew up in, like, a witch coven, sort of, in, like, Ooh. a big tower okay. that, like, dealt with the dead, um, like, putting people in drawers in the wall, you know, oh, like, gosh. A, like a cemetery, okay. almost. Oh, oh, boy. And uh, they were the child of the, the chronicler of this place, and uh, the witch, the witches there would be mediums as well and, like, speak to ghosts and stuff okay. like that. So All that. Right. This is the college, right? Like, this is where they learn that skill. This is where you apprentice. This is, like, the, the clan trade. Um, and she has one eye because everybody in this clan has to, like, sacrifice an eyeball. Oh, God. And you get a replacement, uh, a glass eye, which is your spellcasting uh, focus. Ooh, I like that. So she's Creepy. part of this, like, coven of witches that, like, require sacrifice to, like, you have to give up. Like, a part of yourself has to die to understand death. death. Or to be connected to, to be death. be connected to death. Interesting. And I like that. the eye is what's symbolic, you know, because yeah. it can, it's it's for sight, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. And then uh, probably something that says is, like, don't worry, child. Like, you still have three. Like, Ooh. your real one uh-huh. connected to, like, the physical world. Uh-huh. The glass one connected to, like, the magical world. Uh-huh. And then or your the third, your third eye, which and there's a feature here that kind of, like... Or, or I took a, I took something that kind of, like... Um, you have Observant and Arcane Artificer Initiate, it looks like, are your two feats, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> the ghost, the, the thing with the ghost is um, she she keeps them. And they don't like, I'm going to reflavor the table to be a mm-hmm. table of 
ghost Pokemon. Pretty yeah, much. nice. Absolutely. So like anything I can find, I would have to like go through the Pokemon and figure out which ones are which. But no, Tale of like table. Clever Animal, that would be reflavored to be a certain Pokemon right. that she summons and lets out right. in the the spirit does the effect, right. which isn't actually too far away from the normal lore of Pokemon, which is that they are actually just spirits of the land. Yes, shit. exactly. Hold on, I gotta pull up this table now, see if I can like on the fly attach. But you can keep talking. Okay, sure, that would be cool. Yeah, do <laughs> yeah, your best. Tail of the Dragon is definitely just like a Dragonite or something, I guess. It just looks uh, like a ghost. Yeah, so but I, took, I want it to be an actual ghost Pokemon. Is there a ghost dragon? Oh, it's a Giratina. I took. Oh yeah, that's right. There I took go. Artificer Initiate. Artificer Initiate to um to make Pokeballs. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You have you have ghost trapping ghost. devices. I have Ghostbuster balls. <laughs> I have Dan Aykroyd's ball, ball sack. I can already. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Keep talking. Go Casper from the 1990s. <laughs> uh, A Casper ray for the beholder. This is good. Go ahead. Um, but that's that's the idea here. Uh, yeah, what did I take? What did you say I take? Observant and Artificer. Oh, initiate. Observant. That's the third eye thing. That's what it oh, was. Oh, okay. That's and what I, I think you said it. As I was like, oh, I'll take it. I'll take this. Right. Um, why can't I read D&D Beyond? So your, your intelligence wisdom score increases by one. Um, if you can see a creature's mouth while it is speaking a language you understand, you can interpret what it's saying by reading its lips. You also have a plus five bonus to your passive perception and investigation scores. Helps me which, see ghosts. There's your inner eye right there. Yeah. So um, <coughs> for the ability scores, I started, um, I, dump stats, I dumped strength with an eight because we're doing standard array on these builds. Um, Ten decks, 15 on the con to make it like real prominent that mm-hmm. she's like a, a survivor um average you know 12 intelligence 15 wisdom and then the 15 charisma for the charisma stat nice um yeah one of these one of these things has to look like a fucking gengar that's like a yeah absolutely. A well i think it, it should be uh probably tale of the mind bender is probably a good one the, um, the final one right yeah. yeah okay or tale of the phantom that one works too um i didn't flesh out my spell list like too crazy on this one um i'm sure it'll be like playing Plain as day, like, you know, like Mage Hand will be one or whatever. Right. Or like however many. I, I don't even know really how many I get as a bard. But Quite I, a few. right now I have Dancing Lights and Guidance. And I'm going to keep that. Uh, you know, I get Guidance. But I'm going to keep that sort of ghostly flavor. Like Mage Hand is a good candidate. Yeah, I think that's like, a good candidate for sure. I always really like um, Shocking Grasp. That's cool. Yeah. I like the Shocking Grasp being like my hands are so fucking cold that you're like, ah. Oh, you know, yeah, like I like cold, that. Like yeah. Death. yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, reflavor like that. I took Animal Friendship, Fairy Fire. Um, animate dead is is one I get to cast. Animate objects, so there's like a psychic flavor here. Nice. Um, maybe like an Alakazam or a Kadabra could be one of my Pokemon. Sure, from, absolutely. From I like table. that. Yeah. Um, because it's not all about ghosts. It's not all about ghosts. <laughs> no. Um, but sh- her lore is to like she probably knows everybody that was uh that has come into the tower since she started there. Right. Um. So she's got a lot of spirits to call upon. Yeah, and a ghost probably is like, you need to go with this, like, fucking fighter, uh, death cleric, and uh, and uh, barbarian to the next town to help them, blah, 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 blah. And then mm. you find out that the dragon's attacking X and Y, and now all of a sudden you're an adventurer again. Nice. There you go. Nice hook. Yep. That's, uh, that's Agatha Stern. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, let's get ready for a long rest. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the long rest. This is the part of the show where we get long and restful. Yes. We also build a beholder. But before that, I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much. I love you. 
and uh, I'm here by myself on Will's behalf. He had to run to work. We ran out of recording time, which is pretty rare, but it, it does happen. We had some technical hiccups, so thank you, YouTube people, for sticking with it. I think the video probably cut out for me for like a good portion, and I'm not sure why. We're going to have to make some upgrades, and we do that with money we get from support from the show like when we have it uh when we have like a hardware issue we need to replace something or if we just want to upgrade stuff we use the money we get from the show to do that so thank you guys very much for li literally keeping the lights on here um go to patreon.com slash the dungeon cast uh, and donate if you can it really really helps a lot um some other great ways to help would be to go to the merch store and see what kind of dungeon cast swag you can rock or just tell somebody about the show those are honestly the best things, like iTunes reviews. That's great. It's a great way. You're telling iTunes about the show, and they want to know. Hey, that's why they have that system. Uh, so that they can let other people know about the Dungeon Cast. Uh, oh, hey, a five-star podcast. Great. Let's let's go ahead and hand that to people that are into D&D. So we really, really appreciate all that stuff, you guys. Um, thanks a lot for sticking with us. We've done a lot of episodes at this point, and a lot of you guys have been here for a, a good chunk of the way. Um, thank you so much. It, it means It means a lot. Uh, let's get to the build a beholder segment where Will has given me permission and his input. He wants to add Drac Blagan Black Dra <laughs> Black Dragonborn horns to the beholder. And I'm thinking they're just gonna go kind of underneath those ears that we put on the last session. I guess it's green. Can't turn it yellow. But um for the beam. It's gonna fire ghosts. Obviously. So you'll roll the random table and um, you know what? Forget that. It's going to fire ghosts like the ghosts from like the monster manual. So it's just going to create ghosts much like our T-800 beam from Skynet. Uh, we are going to have this thing do a similar similar thing. Maybe it fires a ghost. No, yeah. It just makes ghosts. Good times. Uh, yeah. And with that, I think I can call it a game, right? Uh, try to win some coffee. There's a contest going on. Thanks to Adventures Coffee Company for um, advocating for the show and, and sponsoring it, spreading the word, and giving out coffee to our awesome listeners. It's D&D-themed coffee. There will be more information about it on our social media. And with that, I'm going to call it a game. See everybody. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.